Welcome back to the I Don't Know But Podcast with your host Angel and Imani. Presented to you by our Heavenly Father, aka the Big G O D. What's up, Angel? Hi, <laughs> How you doing? Good, I guess. I'm tired. Why are you so tired? I don't know. I didn't even go to bed late, so I don't know why I'm tired. I just don't have energy. No. No. Hmm. The mental's okay? Yeah. Okay. Because most people, when they don't have energy, it's not necessarily sleep. It could be mental. Well, I did wake up in the middle of the night, and I could. it was hard for me to fall asleep, so fall back asleep. In the middle of the night? What time did you go to sleep? 12.30. Yeah. Oh, okay. You were asleep before I went to sleep. I think I went to sleep at, like, one fifteen. It's because I, I winded down already, like, because I took my shower, and, like, I was just ready to go to bed. I was just forcing it. I was like, maybe I should just stay up to like 12. Okay. What is you turning it up? Gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> I like it to make your voice go louder. <laughs> what is you turning up the phone or do anything with the audio? I just feel like it'll make your voice go a little louder. No, it's not how it works. All right, let me bring it closer. I just gonna move then? my Bible though. Because I need you to. Be a little louder so they can hear your beautiful voice. This voice, this is like the first time I've talked today. Or one of the first times I've talked today. Okay. I didn't even drink water, so. No? Mm-hmm. You want to go get some water? It's, no, it's okay. Because you know you do the. <clears throat> <clears throat> and you're going to be reading some. I mean, I guess unless it has names. Because we already know how that goes. Uh-uh. Them names be getting me. I can't do names. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to start off where we ended. I believe Genesis chapter 17. But before we do that, let's just say a little prayer. Okay. You want me to pray? If you want to. You should pray, Mom. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this day that you have given us. And thank you for keeping all of our family and loved ones on this day as well. Thank you for your provision, your covering, your protection. We ask that you add a blessing to the reading of this wor- of your word, that you give us clear understanding and wisdom as we conduct this podcast. We thank you as always. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So, we ended at 16. I guess we did because my thing is here. Yeah, we ended at 16. Okay. All right. I uploaded it. So, now we're on Genesis chapter 17. Reading from the NIV. And the NLT. And the NLT. So, do you want to read or do you want me to read? I'm trying to see if there's names. Oh, I don't really see any, like, difficult names. Okay. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you, by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. At this, at this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of of a multitude of nations. What's what's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham. for For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will... Confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Then God said to Abraham, your responsibility is to obey the terms of the covenant. You and all your descendants have this continual responsibility. This is the covenant that you and your descendants must keep. Each male among you must 
be circumcised. You must cut off the flesh of your foreskin as a sign of the covenant between me and you. From generation to generation, every male must every male child must be circumcised circumcised on the eighth day of the after his birth. This applies not only to the members of your family, but also to the servants born in your household and the foreign born servants whom whom you have purchased. All must be circumcised. Your bodies will bear the mark of my everlasting covenant. Any male who falls who fails to be circumcised will be cut off from the covenant family for breaking the covenant. I wonder how many people who um follow the Bible know that because I do know that like my boys, you know, they were circumcised. I can't say if it was on the eighth day or not. Um, but I do know a lot of men or boys who are not, um, circumcised, especially like in different cultures. I think it's definitely an American culture to circumcise your boy while they're in the hospital, you know, after they're born. I never understood what circumcision is. Like, so every, when you have your little boy, I won't say his name, but, um, (laughs) so every boy when they're born, they're born with skin, like mm-hmm. kind of hanging over um, the head of the penis. And circumcision is cutting the skin and moving it back. So if you've ever seen a penis, the pink part is what's covered by the skin. Or the lighter part of the mm-hmm. penis is what's covered by the skin. And then when they circumcise you, they pull that back. I guess they sew it or cut it and sew it back or whatever. And then you can see the actual head. Now, the good part of not being circumcised is protection from, I guess, like external things. The bad part of being, I mean, the bad part of not being circumcised is if you don't clean yourself properly and pull it back and all that, then they can cause infection too. So... Most people just circumcise their kids. Then there's some religions who don't believe in circumcision. Um, But it's interesting that God says that if you don't circumcise your son, because only a man can be circumcised, or or a male, then you have already broken the covenant that he made many, many years ago. Now, we all know that by Jesus dying for our sins, a lot of, I guess, the early Testament. I don't, I don't, I guess it's null and void in a way, you know, but I don't know. Uh, it's a, that's something to think about because no one is perfect, perfect. So go ahead, continue. Then God said to Abraham regarding Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, we will call. We will be, from now on, her name will be Sarah, and I will bless her and give you her give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of kings of nations will be among all her descendants. Then Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of a hundred, he thought. <laughs> and how can Sarah have a baby when she is ninety nine? She is ninety years old. So Abram said to God, "May Ishmael live under your special blessing." But God replied, "No, Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. You will name him Isaac, and I will confirm my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I will bless him also." Just as for you, just as you have asked, I will make him extremely fruitful and multiply his descendants. He will become the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. When God had finished speaking, he left Abram, Abraham. On, the ver- on that very day, Abraham took his son, Ishmael, and every male in his household, including those born there and those he had bought, 
Then he circumcised them, cutting off their foreskins, just as God had told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and Ishmael, his son, was 13. But Abraham and his son, Ishmael, were circumcised on that same day, along with all the other men and boys of the household, whether they were born there or bought as servants. All were circumcised with him. I wonder who did the circumcision. I hope they had like a medical profession because that can be very painful. I I know I knew someone who got it done um, in his older years and it was very painful. Like when it's a baby, it's painful, but they forget about it. But when you're an adult or older and you have that type of surgery, you know, but I wanted to read the note on the side of my Bible. Um, it's called Sarai's Promise. And it says, it's easy to miss the fact that up to this point, all the parenthood promises Abram has received have made no mention of Sarai. Since in Middle Eastern culture, it wasn't unusual for a barren woman to have children who were legally considered hers through a servant. Sarai's involvement of Hagar makes a bit more sense. But mistreating Hagar and sending her away cannot be excused by the servant-owner relationship. Yet each of these actions, given Hagar to Abram and then mistreating Hagar, resulting in Hagar running away, displays Sarai's agony over feeling excluded from God's plan for Abram. How kind of God to reveal Sarai's upcoming motherhood, even after she failed to respond with faith and graciousness. Once again, God remains faithful, not because of his people, but despite them. So that definitely shows God's grace in, you know how we behave versus some of the blessings that we receive even through our behavior. Why are you looking at me like that? Because your tummy is saying I'm hungry. Oh, well, I didn't eat, so... Yeah. Okay, let's continue. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. On one day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to the f- to wash your feet. And since you're, you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before continuing on your journey. All right, they said. Do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, Hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to his servant, who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roast meat, and he served it to the the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the the shade of the trees. Where where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How could I how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially when when my master, my husband, is so also so old. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Then the men got up from their meal and looked looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should... Should I hide from my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked, 
for Abraham will certainly be become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him if i have singled him out so that he would direct his sons and and their families to keep the way of the lord by doing what is right and just then i will do for abraham all that i have promised so the lord told abraham i have heard a great outcry from sodom and gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant I will I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. Okay, before you continue on, I have a question. Have you ever been told or felt something in your spirit or been told something by God or from God that you laughed at or thought was impossible? Like cuz I know you say you have a lot of trust, but Laughed at God, like not, la- but yeah, I mean, laughed at the fact that, like Sarah, like Sarah did. You know, she was like, "I'm old. I'm the. Uh, that's funny that you would even say that I could have a I mean, child I at think, my age." I think because of these stories, like it helps me to like not think that anything is impossible with God. So, like, I don't think I've laughed at like something that He's brought to my attention. Or thought or that I thought may have not come to pass because his word is truth. So I don't like doubt it. I guess I don't doubt that he can't. I mean, I don't know how all the time, mm-hmm. but like I'm not gonna like be like, oh no, like you know. I think there's something funny about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't. Do you have you? I'm sure. I'm not as trusting as you. I I think I've seen a little more and I've been disappointed a little more. Um, I know there are some things that I know for sure, without doubt. And then there are some things that I, you know, I can give you a for instance, you know, like if I'm applying for a job that is way above my um, qualification level, and, you know, I hear people say, oh, apply for it anyway. You know, you just never know. I, I do kind of chuckle with that because it's like, yeah, I do know. <laughs> like, I do know that yeah, but most likely that, they're not going to, you know, but look at me. But that's doubting yourself, right? It is. But in reality, that's the it's been the case. So it's almost like, are you putting the energy out before? But then there's been times where I've been like, no, I'm going to apply for it anyway. And with full understanding that they may see something in me and I still don't get it, you know. Um, But yeah, I've I've definitely done that. I've definitely doubted, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty transparent and honest about things. Is doubting yourself doubting God? It, It can be because, you know, God created you, God created you to be, um, I mean, confident. I've doubted myself. Yeah, God created you to be confident. Like, there's no reason. If you truly believe that God is on your side, there's no reason for you to doubt him. Now, are you going to always get the things you want? No. You know, and some some of the doubt is not necessarily God not honoring his promise to you. Or some of you, that's not what I want to say. Some of what you do not receive is not necessarily God not honoring his promise to you. It could just be mean. It could just mean that that is not what is for you. And I think you have to kind of know the difference and accept that, you know, like I ultimately believe that what is for you, you will get. And what is not, you will not, you know, whether it is a job outside of your qualifications or job under your qualifications or a totally different path or or not. And I think that's really where the understanding needs to to lie. But I'm going to be honest. I had a tubal ligation right after I had you. Not right after, but like I don't know, six months, seven no, seven months. I was born in May. <laughs> Eight months after I had you. And if someone was to come and tell me that I was pregnant or that 
there's a high chance, especially since you're 18, that I would get pregnant, I would laugh. I'd be like, ha <laughs> But you funny. can still get pregnant, though. Yeah, but I would still laugh. Because I'd be like, 18 years? Like, what kind of joke is that? especially you know as i'm getting older and like the possibility in my brain is kind of like sarah if god can give mary a child without her even having sex he can do anything yeah but but there was a purpose for that i don't think that he's just gonna i know that but i'm just it would have to be I would be birthing the next like president of the earth or something. A, a son at ninety years old, ninety one technically, because yeah, that's cause that's kind. I just couldn't even see myself. Like I wonder, I wonder but if they, they had energy. Like I wonder if their ninety year old is our ninety year old. <laughs> yeah, like probably, now, probably not. Because there's no way you're raising a newborn toddler that runs around at ninety. Like the ninety we know, yeah. but then there's some ninety there's, olds that really are. Back then, because didn't they live a little longer? Than they did. did so, so I wonder if their ninety is equivalent, like dog years, is it like equivalent to our thirty <laughs> or thirty five or something? It seems like they was getting around just fine. Yeah, but yes, I have laughed. Like imagine, like Abraham's a hundred years old right now. And God is telling him he's going to make, he's going to be a father of many but, nations. But the one thing is we know that men can have children until I know they that. die. Not that. I'm not, I'm, I mean, like, he's giving him this, his his purpose, like, at such at a, 100. at 100 years old. That's a good point, Angel. That, 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 something in my spirit. You made me, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I'm about to cry. You know why? Because it's like. We search for so long, and it does. It's like there's no time frame. Yeah, yeah. It's so emotional. No, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Research, like, like I read a lot of times. You know, like people, they say like um, certain people who are very, I guess, well to do now, started late in life. Yeah. Or became famous late in life. Or, you know, and it's not always, always about money, but let's be real. You have to provide for yourself. And if you have a family, you have to provide for them. So you're going to naturally want to make sure you have some type of income on this earth. You know, unless you were gifted a house that's fully paid for. You don't have to pay any taxes on your land. You don't have to worry about electricity because you go to sleep when the sun goes down and you rise when it comes up. You know, you wash your clothes by hand. You have, you know, your chickens and your your cows and you <laughs> kill them in the backyard and you grow your own. Like, unless you really just don't need any money, you live off the grid. Naturally, you're going to want to know where your money is coming from. Also, we grew up in a generation where everything is fast. You have to have, you have, to have everything like so quick. And if it's not here, you're going to be a failure. But that's like not the case because everything happens in due timing. So like, you might not be as prepared as somebody else may be for their uh, quest. Right. So, yeah. But that's, I mean, wow. Like, I think I needed to hear that because... I sit sometimes, I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And he didn't get it to 100. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be living to 100 these (laughs) days, but I hope and pray it's not 100 when I get it. But at the same time, I'll get it when I get it, when I'm supposed to get it. Yeah. That's deep, girl. (laughs) I tell you, children can be so wild sometimes. (laughs) Okay. Um, the other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, will you, will you sweep away both righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing. Destroying the nation the righteous along with the wicked why you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same surely you wouldn't do that should not the should not the judge of all the earth 
do what is right? And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abram spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am with, I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous people rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for a lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there. Then Abram pressed his request further. Suppose there are only forty. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if for the sake of the forty. Please don't be angry, my Lord. Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abram said, Since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I would not destroy it for the sake of ten. Of the ten, when the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. Okay, so here we have Abraham being an advocate for Sodom, um, and God, you know, basically honoring his request that if there's just a few righteous, you know, he'll, um, he'll keep, you know, he won't destroy the the land of Sodom, but let's, let's go forward and see what happens with Sodom. You're going to read. Okay. I'm going to read. Excuse me. (laughs) All right. So the, this is Sodom. Sodom. This is Genesis 19. The two angels arrived at Sodom. In the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. Um, where was I? Please turn aside to your servant's house. Oh, you can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered. We will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends. Don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. Get out of our way, they replied. And they said, this fellow came here as an alien, and now he wants to play the judge. We'll treat you worse than them. They kept bringing pressure on Lot and moved forward to break down the door. But the men inside reached out and pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men who were at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so that they could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-laws, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here, because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against his people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place, because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. 
Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zor or Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. He looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward all the land of the plain, and he saw dense smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot has lived. So, mm. was they trying to have sex with men? Oh, my chicken. So, this is where... A lot of people pull the fact that homosexuality is a sin to the point where God destroyed a whole town. Um, it's not just here, though. It's also in Second Corinthians. Well, this is the beginning of it. However, there's a lot going on in here. Because, and, and maybe because I'm reading it, it, I wasn't really taking it in. Let me read what it says on the side. Maybe this will help. It says, Hospitality was one of the most highly prized virtues in ancient culture. A man earned a good reputation by welcoming others into his home. Abraham's hospitable ways in Genesis 18 give us an indication of the length to which a host would extend himself and his household to welcome guests. Once a guest had eaten in a man's house, the law of Eastern hospitality guaranteed that guest protection even if it placed the the host in peril. Thus, Lot's proposal to hand over his daughters show his determination to fulfill that law. His proposal also makes a bit more sense when one considers that wives and daughters were, at that time, viewed merely as property. In addition, Lot has lived in a morally deficient community long enough to have acquired a bent sense of right. I mean, of rightness. Fortunately, the angels are able to rescue themselves and Lot's family as well. I think I think more than anything that there was a lot going on in the town and to me when I read this the forcefulness of the person trying to have sex with the male was more of the sin, more sinful than them having sex with the male. It was almost like raping. You know, I don't question God on that part of it, you know, as far as what his his belief for um, women and female versus male and male, female and female, whatever. But to me, it was just like, this was very forceful. This was crime. This was criminal. Yeah. More than anything. I'm I have yet to see any um any I guess what's the word I'm trying to think of um any oh, that disaster not disaster but like I have yet to see God condemn two people whether male or male female or female who genuinely love each other in the Bible. We haven't gone through the Bible. But just, I've never heard of that. I've only heard of this. You know what I'm saying? Well, I have. What part? In Second Corinthians. It says, if they love each other, that he'll... I'll turn to it and give you a little taste. Okay. 
Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or the male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or, or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> that's that's a, a tough, tough one. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough it's one a tough because, like I said, when you read that within all of the context of what he was speaking of, to me... But that doesn't mean that God loves you any less because you practice, because we're all sinful, so like... We are all sinful. So all does sin that mean... Day. That doesn't mean that you can't come to God. That doesn't mean you can't go to Jesus. But does that also mean that homosexuality is covered under God's, I mean, under Jesus's death. Yes. Every sin is covered under Jesus's death. That's the whole point. He died for our sins. Right. Okay, so let's go a little further. Because he died for your sin, that does not mean that you continue to practice your sin. Right. But... Let's go a little further. Okay. (laughs) How many people walk around never sinning? No one other than Jesus. So let's go a little further. Okay. (laughs) What is Jesus covering if no one goes around without sin? What do you mean? So... If it's only okay or covered if you do not continue practicing it and everyone is still sinful, mm-hmm. what is really covered? Your sin. Because no one is without sin. I know that. But at the same time, you're not supposed to continue sinning. When if you, you know, accept. when you're knowledgeable of it. Right. When you know. Because a lot of times, when I read this, I didn't know that. I wasn't knowledgeable of it. Right. But if you continue to sin after you're, you are knowledgeable right. of so it. So if you continue to sin after, because we just established that no but one it's a is process. without sin. We have to learn that. We have to know that it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But when is it going to happen then? When you're actively making the decision not to. Like when you're choosing not so to. So if a person actively chooses not to sin, does that mean that they're sinless? That means that they're, that people who are sinless, who do not sin, do exist. No, because they have sinned before. There's a difference. Yeah, but if you, like you just said, if you've given your life over to Christ and decided, okay, I am not going to sin anymore, which basically means I'm going to live under the law because the law is describing what sin is. So I'm living under the law. Can you do one or the other? Do you live under the law or are you covered by Jesus's blood? I think that you can do both, though. So that means that there are because people who are not sinless. I mean, there are people who are sinless. And if you're sinless, no, you don't need covering. Because we all have sinned. That's what I'm saying. No, but that's that's the past. Once you acknowledge Christ and you work towards not doing what the law says you're not supposed to do, you become sinless. Right? I guess. That's how you want to put it. Like, but I don't see. So then, that means that that you are not, that you are without sin. No, I feel like that's a process, and not something that's just gonna happen. Like, oh, you're you're in Christ now. Now you just don't sin. Like that's. I feel like that's something you have to progressively learn how to change, if that makes sense. So when when does it become? You no longer you sin. You won't ever not sin. You don't, like, it's just, but you have to understand that Jesus is paid the price for your sin. But you do understand that. However, I don't know that it's that easy to be a sinless human. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a process. So does that mean that we truly are covered or are we living under the law? What law? We didn't get there yet. <laughs> so the law is the Old Testament. And you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Yes, no, I know Ten Commandments. And what you just read, that's law. Yeah, but that was before Jesus even came into play. 
So does that wipe out law? Does that wipe out it? Those things. It gives there? you. A, it gives you the. It doesn't wipe it out. It just gives you forgiveness. It allows you to be able to like accept forgiveness for yourself because after you murder someone, it's like oh now you're condemned to hell. No, but you can be changed. You can be reborn. Reborn. So like that's the whole point of Jesus's paying for our, the price for our sins that no matter what the sin is you will always be forgiven right it's, i get that part i get it's about forgiveness but my thing is i guess it's like a and who came first the chicken or the egg oh my god theories because if you're saying that jesus died for our sins mm-hmm. that means any sin yes every sin but then you're saying but you can't continue to sin that you were doing, if you even though know, you know it's difficult to stop doing the sin that you yeah, were doing. Yeah, but it's a process. But if you don't start the process, you're never going to get to the... To but what the, if you start the process and it's just difficult? That's the whole point. It's not supposed to be easy. If this life was easy, we would be sitting over here... So are you still covered, though? Yes, because... You, even though you're continuing on in your sin, you know that it's wrong, mm-hmm. are you still covered? Yes, okay. you're still covered. And I think that that's what people need to understand because you know especially with homosexuality and this is this this is from a hetero person there have been many times where I just could not control who I loved I could not control it and that's okay and homosexuality for some people it's the same thing they cannot control who they love and that's okay too even though in the Bible it's made out to be a sin, homosexuality in itself, but love is not a sin. I know that. So that's what we need to focus on. We I need know. to focus on love. But people have always taught people that, oh, if you're gay, if you're if you're this, if you're that, you're not gonna like that's it's that's way humans represent Jesus. That's not Jesus himself. That's not God himself. That's how people portray Jesus to be. But that's not who Jesus is. Jesus is love. I know, but you have the other side too, where God spoke and condemned people because of that. So it's very difficult. And I understand why people preach on it, you know, and are very hard about what the Bible says, because the Bible clearly does say that it's wrong. It is wrong, but that doesn't mean that you don't have forgiveness in that. I know, but if you're actively still in it, are you covered? Yes, because forgiveness, God God gives us forgiveness. Daily. Every day. You Second, start over. Secondly. Every day you start minutely, over. Minutely. Every single hourly. day. So you can be active you in your over. sin and still expect forgiveness For, yes. and cover and covering. But don't take God's forgiveness for granted. But you are, because if you know that it's wrong and you still continue to do it, that's taking it for granted. Yes. However, there's a component that everybody forgets. And I'm not talking about the people out there who do this, who who are gay because it's trendy or because they want to just fall under the LGBTQIA plus category, because you do have some people like that, just like you have people who who cry mental illness because it's trendy. You really have some people out there who truly love their partner, their significant other, who happens to be the same sex as them. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with love nothing. and loving someone. And that is an, you're actively in your homosexuality. But, but I don't think homosexuality has anything to do with the love part. It has more to do with the, the sexual part. Yeah, but you could be actively being sexual. With your partner. I know. But if you're married, the Bible says the marriage bed is undefiled. But then it's it's like contradictory because it's saying homosexuality is wrong. So that's a very difficult topic because I always... And, and the way I think about it, you can be heterosexual and living in sexual sin. Yes, you can. You know... So my thing is, let's put love above all things before we judge people. 
that's just kind of where I'm at with it because it is difficult because it is clear in the Bible that it is wrong. But at the same time, it's clear in the Bible that love is right. And I'm going to side on the right side with love more than on the wrong side with most of the sins that most people do every single day. Not just homosexuality, lying, cheating, you know, murder, harm, like, I'm going to I'm going to just stay on the love side because we can condemn everybody for some of the stuff that they do but people tend to focus more on homosexuality when judging people on homosexuality could be just as wrong or sinful as some of the other stuff just learn to love everybody that's my that's my that's what that's what teaches yeah. you in the bible anyway okay let's continue where are we um did you finish reading? No, I was reading. Yes, you were reading. <laughs> Did you get to Lot's, Lot and his daughters? No. Okay. I stopped it. Yeah, okay. So now we're on Genesis 19, verse 30. Lot and his two daughters left Zor and settled in the mountains, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. He and his two daughters lived in a cave. One day the older daughter said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man around here to lie with us, as is the custom all over the earth. Let's get our father to drink wine and then lie with him and preserve our family line through our father. Now, that's deep. That's deep. That night, they got their father to drink wine, and the older daughter went in and lay with him. He was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. The next day, the older daughter said to the younger, last night I lay with my father. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight and you go in and lie with him so we can preserve our family line through our father. So they got their father to drink wine at night also. And the younger daughter went and lay with him. Again, he was not aware of it when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The older daughter had a son and she named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger daughter also had a son, and she named him Ben-Ami. He is the father of the Ammonites of today. Okay, that's heavy. But before we go into that, (laughs) I want to go back to Lot's wife turning and being turned into a pillar of salt. Where is it? Um, It's chapter 18, verse... 26 it said it says but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt why do you think God did that to her because I know that there's a message in this wait where are you (laughs) chapter 18 Genesis chapter 18 verse 26 oh 26 oh mine's not 26 hold on are yours not no you sure it's 18 or is it 19? Oh, maybe 19. Because... 1926, sorry. Yeah. Does he mean that literally? Yes. Like, literally. So, 1923, it says, By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of oh, salt. I feel like I've heard people like talk about talk it. about this before. Um, meaning she wasn't looking ahead, if that makes sense. She wasn't like, she was looking back what, like her past. I don't know how to explain it. And God needed her to move forward, but she kept looking at what happened in the past. And mm-hmm. so I guess that's why he turned her into a pillar of salt. I know. I just, some things I just feel like are just so drastic. Like a pillar of salt? Like who thinks <laughs> of that? Like that's wild to me. Like, I mean, I get that. But just I mean, in life, we shouldn't 
go backwards or look backwards, especially if we have um, a goal in mind or work to do. But, and maybe, you know, it's like, oh, you can just get stuck there and you just don't become anything because you get stuck there by, by looking backwards all the time or thinking about your past or whatever. Even though I'm one to believe that. It's hard to move forward when you're looking at what everything that happened. It is very difficult, but it's just so drastic to turn someone into a pillar of salt because they look back. But I do believe that God, it's, it's, he does drastic things to let us know how serious he is about certain things. And apparently he wanted us to know that when you have a path to take, you should not be looking back. Like, that's serious to him. To turn somebody into a pillow of salt. What are you reading? Oh, I was just reading. Um, I looked up, like, why, mm-hmm. I mean, what 1926 meant. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Lot's wife disobeyed this order for God, from God through the angels. She looked back and was punished by being turned into a pillar of salt. Whether this is a literal or supernatural transformation... Or a, poetic, or a poetic way of indicating that she was caught up in the destruction due to her delay. The text give no, gives no further details. In either case, God does not let her sin stand. Right. Yeah, he, he was not playing with that. I couldn't even imagine. Like, that just reminds me of Michael Jackson's video, Remember the Time, when he was performing for Eddie and Iman, and he turned around and he just, <laughs> just fell down into... Sand or whatever, yeah. Yeah. It's just like wow, that's that's deep. But God is very adamant that when He has work for you to do, you should not be thinking about what happened, what you didn't do, what just keep moving forward. Because if you continuously do that, it's like you're never gonna move forward. It's like you're just gonna stay stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Oh, Nike was smart. Just do it. Just do it. Okay. All right. So, so let's go into this. Now, I understand. So, we're giving incest right now? This is we are, incest. We are, okay. are giving incest. And I guess instead of them picking up and moving to another town, because they clearly said that there were no men in the town that they were in, all of the other men were, were burnt to a crisp from sulfur falling from the sky, they decided to procreate with their father. But how do they know that they're going to have a son? Because that's the only way that his name is going to continue to progress. Well, I don't know that they was talking about a son. They just wanted to continue, I guess, creating for the, the father's line. But wouldn't the line die after she got married or like if their kids grew up or her their kids or daughters grew up and had um. yeah i mean we were we we were told in school that the male last name creates the, or continues the line maybe they just meant just more people in the family oh yes well, yeah our family line through our father, not necessarily. Um, I mean, they so wouldn't they know. They didn't have sonograms and stuff back then. So, but if we all know, they do. They did create ways of figuring out if it's a girl or a boy. You have the ring. If it, you know, if you hold a ring on a string and you hold it over the mm-hmm. the stomach, if it goes <laughs> up and down, it's like I think that's a boy. If it goes in a circle, that's a girl, or vice versa. So I'm sure that they had their little old wives' tales of how to see, or if you, if you're um holding the baby high or you're holding the baby low, you know it can kind of tell this you. This is a long. Oh, never mind. But yeah, I think um, I can't say whether they they did the right thing or not, because things are so different now. We know that um that's looked down upon in 2023. But we also know that there's there's been a lot, and I'm sure it still happens to this day of you know incest and you know rape 
and um yeah between families families um i think we should stop after 20 because that's when the story gets like good and so i feel like we got a cliffhanger we gotta start we gotta so after 20 so let's read 20 and then we start Uh okay all right so this is genesis chapter 20 now abraham moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between kadesh and shur for a while he stayed in jarrah and there abraham said of his wife sarah she is my sister then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did he not say to me, She is my sister? And didn't she also say, He is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. Yeah, don't we know how... Married folk be getting people caught up in that stuff all the time. Then God said to him in the dream, yes, I know you did this with a clear conscience. And so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return the man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all yours will die. God is, he's something else, boy. <laughs> he's like, oof. He's, he's, he remind me of one of them um, kingpins on, like, they don't play. <laughs> Early the next morning, Abimelech summoned all his officials, and when he told them all that had happened, they were very much afraid. Then Abimelech, Ab- Abimelech, okay, called Abraham in and said, what have you done to us? How have I wronged you that you have brought such great guilt upon me and my kingdom? You have done things to me. That should not be done. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what was your reason for doing this? Abraham replied, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place. And they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God had me wander, so he married his sister, Lord. And when (laughs) God had me wander from my father's household. And I said to her, this is how you can show your love to me everywhere we go. Say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham. And he returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. To Sarah, he said, I am giving your brother a thousand shekels of silver. This is to cover the offense against you before all who are with you. You are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God. And God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his slave girls, so they could have children again. For the Lord had closed up every womb in Abimelech's household because of Abraham's wife, Sarah. All right. Well, I guess we will stop here and continue next week with Genesis 21. Genesis is long, huh? It's 50 chapters. Woo! All right. Okay. Well, do you have any other thoughts before we end our podcast? Jesus loves you. That's, That's a fact. A, That's a fact. That's not That's a thought. Fa- That's my fact of the day. <laughs> What's your thoughts? What's your thoughts? thoughts? What did you learn? God's going to prepare you for your purpose. Because that's what... I woke up at 7.38 this morning mm-hmm. and I prayed and God was like... I'm preparing you for something. But I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then this just basically confirmed what he was already saying. So Yeah, that's good. I learned that God don't play. <laughs> I didn't know that. He doesn't play. But I also learned that he's very graceful. Or graceful, yep. So that means to me that even in our disobedience, you know... He forgives and um, he graces us. And that's a good thing because Lord knows. If we didn't have grace, yeah, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to survive. Like, there would be, like, we'd just be, most of us would probably dead. Yeah, we would have turned into a pillow of salt. 
I know I would have turned into a pillow star because I look back a lot. I I get stuck a lot. Yeah. I get stuck a lot. But um but I also learned like like, you know, with the whole um thing with him with Abraham at a hundred years old being given his purpose that you're never too old to begin something new. And I mean I look forward to knowing what that new is gonna be. Yeah. So I'm not gonna force it. But But it's already in you. It's it was already given to it, you. It was, but it wasn't because I don't know what it is. Maybe you need to do some more searching. Like where like Well, we're gonna talk about we're gonna matter of fact, we're gonna go straight into the next podcast. We're not gonna wait till tonight. We're just gonna continue on the path to our passion. Um, until we oh, what? Yeah, because we were supposed to do. We that. were supposed to do that last week, and we didn't. But let's close this out in prayer, so we can start the next one, <laughs> and then we can just do everything at one time. So, Father God, thank you so much for your gift of wisdom and knowledge as we read your word. Thank you for speaking to us in our spirits and out loud through my daughter, through myself. We praise your name. We love you. We appreciate you. And we thank you for always being the voice of reason. We ask that you cover our listeners, that you cover our families, our loved ones, and protect us from hurt, harm, and danger. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we gonna end it? Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye! Why am I always yelling?